Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Now on to the talking news. Residents give input on traffic study by Angela Toma. After outcry from the community about traffic and in response to the results of the Belmont High School Project's traffic study, the town hired a traffic consultant to conduct a town-wide traffic study. The Traffic Advisory Committee invited the public to a forum to express their needs and concerns regarding traffic at their March 8th meeting. Resident input is such a critical piece, said Glenn Clancy, Director of the Community Development. There is no substitute for what you are experiencing day in and day out as residents of the town. Two main concerns kept arising cut-through traffic and pedestrian cyclist safety. Over the past couple of years, cut-through traffic in Belmont has increased in part due to new smartphone mapping software. Apps like WAS direct people around congested street arteries and down quiet side streets. New apps on smartphones are bringing cars down every side street to Brighton, said Evan Harris, a resident of Statler Road. Brighton Street is a serious problem. The volume of cars is astronomical. People will not let me out of my driveway, said Harris's wife, Joanne. It takes everyone a long time to get to work. Cars are idling for minutes at a time, and it's getting worse. It is a circus. Many residents from around Brighton Street attended the March 8th meeting to comment on the traffic volume in their neighborhood. Residents said cars are backed up on busy roads and polluting their neighborhoods. Residents also expressed concerns about speeding cars. There are fears in the community that someone is going to get hurt walking down their street. Clancy said the committee was looking into a video monitoring system to discourage speeding in town. A number of people suggested lengthening red lights or adding signage restricting cars from passing through side roads during rush hour. Another option residents raised is the use of an electronic toll collection on the main arteries of Belmont with a resident exception. Clancy appeared wary of this suggestion. We want to be careful we do not create a ripple effect around municipalities, he said. So we do not so we do not have to pay to drive through Cambridge, Waltham, etc. Another major topic centered around creating a more walkable Belmont. Residents want to see more access to school buses and better sidewalks. There are a number of streets in town that do not have any crosswalks threatening pedestrian safety. T- 
Tammy Casali, a resident of Walnut Street and co-leader of Belmont's Safe Routes to School chapter, spoke about creating infrastructure in town to make Belmont more walkable. Without the infrastructure in our communities, we are not slowing down traffic, she said. Selectman Adam Dash, who was present during the meeting, addressed the sidewalk problem. It is a town-wide problem, he said. A number of years ago, the selectmen passed a policy that separated fixing streets and sidewalks. The purpose was to stretch money for much-needed road repairs. The selectmen are now revisiting this topic to encourage a more balanced allocation of resources that prioritize walking. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Students Learning Girl Empowerment and Leadership by Christy Armstrong. As assistant principal at Belmont High School, Lisa Hurtubis noticed something about leadership roles among the students. The girls weren't as vocal about leadership as the boys, and most of the leadership positions were held by boys. Her desire to pursue the reasons behind this inequity was what drew her to an initiative called the Girlhood Project at Lesley University. I saw a need at the high school, said her to beast. The Girlhood Project Education, Empowerment, and Leadership is a program fo- focusing on the social and cultural construction of girlhood and the ways in which cultural practices influence how girls form their identities. The professor running the project, Dr. Amy Rutstein Riley created the course of study 11 years ago at Leslie, which is one of the few universities in this country to offer a girls' studies focus. Her to approached Rutstein Riley about the possibility of collaborating with Belmont High School and was greeted with enthusiasm for the idea. I want to help give a voice to girls with diminished opportunity who feel marginalized said Rootstein Riley. Her to received a Learning Excellence Grant from the Foundation for Belmont Education, as well as support from the Belmont High Parent-Teacher Student Organization. To fund the cost for her and 20 Belmont High students to attend a weekly course called Girlhood, Identity, and Girl Culture, taught by Rootstein Riley at Leslie. The selected students represent two groups of high schoolers who are particularly vulnerable, females and students of color. These are girls that have potential, but we haven't seen them participate in school culture, explained her to The high school students ranging from 9th to 12th grade are taught and mentored by Leslie undergrad students on topics such as fitting in, negotiating identities, and the possibilities for social change. Each week, the BHS students and her-to-bees attend the class and mingle with the undergraduates, the teaching assistants, and Dr. Riley. The students at Leslie make it such a welcoming environment, said her-to-bees. It brings us together as a community. In this comfortable and supportive safe space, the participants then engage in activities that revolve around issues of gender, with discussion and reflection central to the process. The students' insights are so incredible, her to be enthused, their high school students 
participating in an intellectual community at a university, and they're not intimidated. One recent class activity involved the group tracing two of the girls' outlines on huge sheets of paper and then discussing body image and how girls are judged and judge themselves based on the way they look. For the body mapping activity, we wrote the negatives on one of the body outlines and the positives on the other, explained her to Bees. It was a very emotional discussion. This process, Dr. Rutstein Riley says, helps the girls to recognize that it's not just their own individual lived experience, but rather their shared experience within the social structures and context that shapes and produces their sense of self as girls and women. The next step after the class ends in early May is for the BHS students to take what they have learned from and form a girls' affinity group as part of the largest student leadership team at the high school. The goal is to have BHS students lead trainings on girlhood education, empowerment, and leadership, and to create a project for social change in the Belmont High and town community. Now, here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Nine to Five is Sure to Raise Eyebrows and Turn Heads by Joanna K. Suvalis. This year's Belmont High School Performing Arts Company's PAC Spring Musical, Nine to Five, based on the hit 1980 movie starring Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin, has many messages relevant to today's headlines about sexual misconduct and discrimination. PAC producer and director Ezra Flam said he chose the musical not only for its music but for its message. I wasn't sure what show to do, and it just sort of fell in my lap. I read it on a lark and discovered how timely and important it was, he said. Flam is sure 9 to 5 will raise some eyebrows and make some mouths drop. It's about three female employees tired of being overlooked, belittled, and harassed by their boss. I am not afraid to put material on stage that is challenging to people to watch and think about, and I always have in my head when I'm doing that, what is best for our students' education? I think about what kids are going to learn from being part of the show, from being in the show, and from seeing the show, Flam said. Some of the material is not appropriate for younger audiences. There are moments that are really pushing boundaries on how, how do we as a society respect and treat women, and do we have fair workplaces, and what is the culture, and I think for people to be really challenged and uncomfortable by that is not necessarily a bad thing to do on stage, because I think ultimately it's in service to, sh to show a show and a message that is strong and positive and empowering, said Flam. This is the fifth BHS musical for choreographer Jenny Lifson. She said the set was challenging for this show, set in the 1970s. When there's giant desks on stage and file cabinets and costumes that have to look timely, those are all things that change what the dancing looks like. 9 to 5 was nominated for a Tony Award for dance and had the same choreographer as Hamilton and Katz. More than 80 students are in the cast and more than 70 have been working tirelessly behind the scenes on Tech Crew. Graduating seniors Olivia Pierce, Annalise Allen, and Miriam Cubstead play the lead roles of Doralee Pierce, Violet Allen, and Judy Cubstead. Pierce said she has family in the South, which helped her portray Doralee's Southern accent. Allen said she is grateful she is able to play Violet, 
who is strong, resilient, and firm, but has a lot of layers. This has been a great opportunity because I'm able to stretch myself and develop more of my acting side, said Alan. Cubstead said she enjoys playing Judy, who has two sides, the overt, ditzy, clueless, innocent side, and the strong side, which stands up for herself. There's a big moment when she takes her life into her own hands and says she's not going to let other people push her around and says, this is who I am, and I'm not going to settle for anything else. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. School eliminates styrofoam. Thanks to Dustin O'Brien, director of Belmont Public School Food Services, and Mike McAllister, principal of the Chenery Middle School, Chenery students now receive their lunches on compostable trays. This change significantly reduces styrofoam tray usage in the Belmont Public Schools. Currently, BPS uses approximately 260,000 single-use styrofoam trays per school year. According to the EPA, polystyrene styrofoam accounts for close to 30% of landfill volume, where it can lead to soil and water contamination. In Belmont, we incinerate these trays along with all other trash and food waste. This introduces carbon dioxide and other toxins to the environment. The introduction of compostable trays at Chenery and an expanded recycling stream is just the first step in an initiative proposed by the Belmont PTA slash PTO Green Alliance to reduce the environmental impact of our schools. A full stream, recycling, liquid pour-off, tipping and stacking of trays, composting food and trays, and food recovery in the Belmont Public Schools could divert about 85% of the current volume of school trash away from incineration. The Alliance estimates that these changes could save Belmont over $80,000 per school year as the schools would reduce the need for daily trash pickup at each school, thus reducing the waste hauling costs. A composting service would pick up food, waste, and recycle nutrients back into the soil. These substantial changes at the Chenery are part of an ongoing effort to be responsible stewards for the environment, led by the Chenery Green Team. Their efforts have been bolstered by the passion of sixth grade science teacher Bill Lagon. His creative inspiration led to the development of the Trash Bashers, a student group who supervise and assist with an expanding recycling stream in the cafeteria during lunch. With the help of fifth grade teacher Michael Williams, the program has now expanded to fifth grade lunch. A total of 86 Chenery students now volunteer as trash bashers. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Plastic Bag Ban Forum. There will be a forum on the plastic bag ban from 7 o'clock to 8.30, March 27th, in the assembly room of the Belmont Public Library, 336 Concord Ave. Speakers will include Belmont organizers as well as environmental activists. Citizens are welcome to attend. 
hear details of the proposed bylaw and ask questions. The Belmont Bag Ban Group is hoping Belmont will join the 61 towns and cities in the Commonwealth and hundreds across the country and world that approved similar bans. One of these organizers, Therese Hammermill, is excited that Belmont is poised to be part of a growing list of districts moving towards a more environmentally sustainable future. Simple alternatives such as reusable shopping bags and biodegradable single-use shopping bags are available everywhere, and the Belmont Bag Group is working to ensure that anyone who needs reusable bags has access to them, Hemerill said. Paper bags, which biodegrade naturally, will still be available at no cost to the customer. Several stores in Belmont are already prepared because they operate in communities in which a plastic bag ban is in effect, Hemerill said. One trillion single-use plastic bags are used worldwide each year, harming wildlife and littering our environment, making up the third largest type of litter from land-based sources found on U.S. coasts. While plastic bags are convenient and cheap, the Sierra Club cautions the environmental expense far exceeds the cost retailers pay to provide them. The flimsy material harms wildlife as they are often mistaken for food in our waterways and are sometimes used as nesting materials. Now, over to Max. Thanks, Claire. The Bradford Project Begins to Take Shape by Joanna Kate Zavallis. It has been about one year since demolition began for what is now being called the Bradford, a mixed-use development formerly called Cushing Village, located in Cushing Square on the corner of Common Street, Trapello Road, and Belmont Street. The developer, Toll Brothers Apartment Living, is currently in the process of working with the Belmont Planning Board to get the building permit they need to begin framing the first of three buildings. A lawsuit for $20 million filed against Toll Brothers Apartment Living by Smith Legacy Partners, the original owner of the property and stakeholder for the retail component of the development, is still in progress. In the meantime, residents and businesses in the surrounding neighborhoods have been looking at a giant hole in the ground for months as it is slowly takes shape and wondering when it will be done. The project will consist of three mixed-use buildings with a total of 112 luxury apartments and 38,000 square feet of retail space. The buildings are currently referred to as the Pomona, Winslow, and Highland. The Winslow, whose steel frame is slowly forming on the site, is the smallest of the three and will have Starbucks as its anchor tenant. The Pomona is the largest of the three buildings and is where a grocery store could possibly be located. Bill Lovett, Regional Director of Acquisitions for Toll Brothers Apartment Living, said the timeline of the project is a few months behind. They are planning to open both the Highland and Winslow buildings this fall and hope to have the entire project completed by early next spring. He said they decided to delay the opening of the Winslow and open the two buildings simultaneously to provide tenants the amenities which the Highland will have such as the outdoor courtyard, leasing roof, sorry, leasing office, roof deck, exercise room, and library. 
The underground parking garage, currently being constructed after tons of soil has been decontaminated and excavated, will include approximately 130 public parking spaces, 22 on grade and approximately 108 in the garage. The 22 on grade spaces will be short term, one hour, and the remaining spaces will be two hour spaces. There is no cost for the public spaces. Vehicles will be able to enter the parking garage from a two-way driveway on Common Street or a one-way driveway on Trapello Road. This project is a long time coming. The land was owned by a family with Belmont roots related to Christopher Starr of Smith Legacy Partners. Since 2008, Smith Legacy Partners has been trying to get the property developed and after going back and forth to the drawing board three times, they finally got approved for a special permit with conditions by the planning board in July 2013. However, Smith Legacy Partners was unable to get the financing they needed to get it off the ground, which is why they sold the land to Toll Brothers in October 2016 for about $14 million. The deal between Toll and Smith Legacy was that Smith Legacy could keep the retail option, which means the family would still reap the benefits of getting rent every month from retail tenants. Last September, Smith Legacy filed a lawsuit for $20 million against Toll Brothers for what they allege to be an increase in the budget for the decontamination, which Smith Legacy agreed to pay for up to $2.5 million. If the original amount estimated increased, the agreement was, changes had to be mutually approved, according to Starr. Starr said the decontamination budget, originally estimated to be $1.9 million, went up to $4.2 million, and Smith Legacy has yet to see proof of why it increased so much more than the original estimate. According to Starr, Toll Brothers has asked Smith Legacy to sell out its retail option if they do not want to pay the extra cost for the contamination, which is why Smith Legacy decided to file the lawsuit. Starr said Smith Legacy is also seeking additional damages in the lawsuit up to $100 million. Toll Brothers would not comment on pending litigation. Lovett said the lawsuit is not affecting the progress on the project. Starr said he has had interest in the retail space for the Bradford, but due to the pending lawsuit, it is difficult to get any prospective tenants to sign a lease. Over to Bob. Thank you, Max. International Film Festival to be held in Belmont. Nine films from the world's top international film festival will premiere at Belmont World Films' 17th Annual International Film Series, which started on March 19th and runs through May 14th at the Studio Cinema, 276 Trapello Road in Belmont. Most films will screen at 7.30 p.m. Mondays. All films will be followed by discussions led by expert speakers and occasional, occasionally cultural performances. The opening and closing night films are preceded by dinner receptions featuring culturally relevant cuisine at the theater. This year's series, Bound by Beliefs, features films that show how difficult it is to implement change in the face of long-held societal or community beliefs. All but one film is either a North American, East Coast, or New England premiere, and several are also their country's submission to the Academy Awards Best Foreign Language Film category. 
as in the last several years, a third of the films are directed by women. We don't have to look uh, much further than the Hollywood sexual harassment scandal to understand how long it takes or how hard it is to change the status quo, says Belmont World Film Executive Director Ellen Gittleman. The characters in each of the nine films are not always successful in standing up to their society's uh, beliefs, and even when they are, it is often an uphill battle. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Belmont Savings announces the annual Becca PZ 5K. Belmont Savings Bank recently announced it will be sponsoring a Belmont's third annual Becca PZ 5K on April 29. The race will begin and end at the Belmont High School track, located at 297 Concord Ave. Registration begins at 7.30 a.m., the 5K begins at 9.30 a.m., and the one-mile kids' run starts at 9 a.m. In addition to the run, organized by Becca and the Belmont Boosters, there will be a motivational talk and meet and greet featuring PZ at Belmont High School on April 4. We are excited to be sponsoring the third annual Becca PZ 5K as well as her April 4th speaking event which allows us to show our support for such a wonderful member of the community, Bob Mahoney, President and Chief Executive Officer at Belmont Savings Bank, said. Becca is a Belmont role model who inspires us with her dedication and perseverance. Sponsored by the Belmont Boosters, the April 4th motivational presentation on PZ's journey, an evening with Becca PZ, will begin at 7 p.m., April 4, at the uh, Belmont High School Auditorium, 221 Concord Ave. The event will be followed by a meet and greet and will give attendees an opportunity to speak with PZ about the importance of hard work and good health, as well as autographs and photos. All are welcome. I am thrilled to join members of my hometown, as well as the Belmont Running Community, for a third year in a row as part of the annual Becca Peasy 5K, Peasy said. I am especially thankful to Belmont Savings Bank for its continued support in making this event possible. Now over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Citizens Police Academy starts April 3rd. Chief Richard McLaughlin recently announced that the Belmont Police Department will again host a Citizen Police Academy from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Tuesday evenings from April 3rd to May 29th in the Town Hall, 455 Concord Ave. This course offers citizens the opportunity to experience police training, how the department serves the community, and learn about the men and women who wear the badge. The classes will be taught by the departmental personnel and will include criminal law invest investigations, use of force, and juvenile issues. Ride-alongs with police officers will be part of the class curriculum. Participants must live or work in Belmont and be at least 18 years old. Interested citizens may obtain an application in the police station lobby or on the Belmont Police Department's website under Police Alert News. Class size is limited. For information, contact Lieutenant Daly, 617-993-2554. Over to you, Bob. 
Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings around Belmont.